Some of you may think that I am enlightened. Others of you will think that I am bullshit. But honestly, I don't really care which way you're going. A lot of times, when we do Baguazhang, we don't really think about a lot of things. We're really focused on doing the forms and just progressing in our style, form, art. And so we just don't think about a lot of things. They just happen to come to us. But occasionally, someone asks us an interesting question that gets us thinking. So the question I got asked recently was, what is the difference between ritual and habit in Baguazhang? I'll repeat that question. What is the difference between ritual and habit in Baguazhang? And I would say the difference between the two is one of focus and intention of where you're going with the style. On the surface, they are pretty much the same thing. And uh, how would I give an, I better give a good example. That's better way to go with this. Because with Baguazhang, it's an internal style. You do it every day. You're basically doing the forms or cutters every day. And the reason why you're doing the forms and cutters is so that you can internalize the forms and cutters, the style into you. And so if you are more focused, like you want to learn it for fighting, your focus will be more down the lines of forming a habit. You basically want to set it and forget it. You want to have done it so often and so many times that when you, that if you ever, heaven forbid it never happens, you get into a fight, your moves are essentially Baguazhang moves. You're not even thinking about it. Later, after the fight, you, you go back and you analyze what you've done. You can go, oh, okay, those were Baguazhang moves or I thought like a Baguazhang practitioner. But essentially, you have done it so often, you don't even need to think about it. That is what a habit is. The ritualistic side of Baguazhang is sort of the same thing, but you give meaning to the movements. They have a deeper meaning or a name. Basically, if you're learning Baguazhang for fighting, you don't need to know what the moves are called. You just know a kick's a kick, a punch is a punch, a block is a block. And essentially, you just, you just do it in the style of Baguazhang. And many of the blocks that you see out there, or kicks and punches, or palm strikes, whatever, there are minute differences between, say, Wing Chun, Baguazhang, between boxing. Some of the moves look very, very similar. It's a stylistic thing. You're, you're basically learning because you want to fight in the style of Baguazhang. Because it looks cool. <laughs> it, re <laughs> it really is. If you do it properly. Most of the videos that you see out there where the guy claims they're a Baguazhang practitioner they're fighting. Oh, believe me, they're not doing Baguazhang. They're not even fighting. I've seen so many of them say they're doing Baguazhang and the first thing they do is drop their guard. And it's just sad because the other guy just comes in and punches them in the head and you're going, oh no, this is shocking. 
as terrible. You just want to walk away and go, nah, nah, they, whatever the guy's claiming, nope, that's not Bagua Zhang. So that, that's basically it with, with, the, with the habit side of it. The ritual side is you give the forms names, you give the, the movements names, monkey grabs peach and all that sort of style stuff. And then when you're doing it, you're going into a meditative, sometimes trance, and you go deeper and you think about why you're doing the moves in such a way. And you're putting layers upon layers. And that ritualistic movements, they, they give meaning to one's life. And so that becomes more of the internal, the Nagong side of things. It's, yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. It's just a matter of how you, you look into it. So that really is the difference. For me, I typically, I, I go a lot into the ritualistic side of it, the trance-like side of it, uh, because Baguazhang is a form of walking meditation. The changing of the palms have meaning. The way you do the palm movements have meaning. What style you're into has meaning. And it can get very, very deep. It's, it, it's a form of alchemy, really. Internal alchemy. And the movements of the hands and whatever, it's, it's just an externalization of what is happening internally. Many people who who do um, internal alchemy, Nei Gong, um, they claim that Tai Chi, Baguazhang and Xingyi is not a form of internal alchemy. Well, I got news for those people who make that claim, and that is this. They're full of shit. It is. When you really study the three styles or any internal martial art, there is always an underlying alchemical aspect to it. I give you an example of what I mean by internal, external alchemy. Recently, um, about a week or two ago, I met up with a Tai Chi master from Perth who came and saw me. He called me up out of the blue because he happened to be in Sydney. And he said, hey, let's meet up. I said, yeah, cool. And he goes, oh, by the way, you used to sell tea. You know your tea? Bring some tea, perform Kung Fu Cha. I said, yeah, cool. So I did. I met him in the city. And, uh, and because it was getting late, I said, do you want to have some dinner? He goes, yeah, sure. Let's, but it's got to be um, Vietnamese. Uh, not Vietnamese, sorry. Um, vegetarian. So I happened to find one that's vegetarian. We went there. But because we were sitting there talking for a long time, I said, when are we going to do this Kung Fu Cha? And he goes, ah, just get a pot of water, put the tea in and just serve like that. So we made it very Im impromptu, you could say. And so we were talking about our experiences. And I talked about, about my version of going down the path of alchemy. And I said to him, you know, recently... When I say recent, I mean like a few months ago, I got asked by someone out of the blue if I'm into um, alchemy. And I said, yeah, I kind of am. And then closer, about a one month ago, I got asked by someone at work whether I am an alchemist. 
And I said, yeah, I am, but more of an internal alchemist. And he asked me, so what's your take on alchemy? And I said, it's all just cooking. When you think about it, it's all just cooking. And he goes, well, why do they write all those funny books, you know, with the mystical eye of Newton stuff? And I go, well, it all depends on the person. I said, sometimes they're, they're basically brewing up drugs back in the old days. And they're high off their kite and they're trying to write this shit down. And most of the time they don't even know what the fuck they're writing themselves. Other times they're trying to keep it a secret. But the problem is, is writing in code is the very thing that the witch hunters are looking for. So they, they want to keep things private. And it is a very private journal. So I, I was telling him, you know, um, how alchemy led to distillation. And all of you guys who do your own homebrew, you will know this. You, It's not just about, it may have been in the beginning just about making your own beer. But later it becomes about finding the essence of the beer and making, and, and the way you do it. And he was talking about coffee because he had tried this really nice brew of coffee that he really wanted. And he couldn't get it out there because most of the places out in Sydney... Coffee's made by Mediterranean people and they like it strong and he wants it light and he wants and I understand the journey. So he's describing how he bought this machine to make this grind the coffee, brew it and do all this and he was looking and I said, Bro, what you're describing to me is pure alchemy. You know, it just happens to be the, the pursuit of the perfect cup of coffee, the art of the pursuing, not the science of it, but the art of it. And I said to him, you're just on that journey where you have to externalize it. This thing that you're doing externally, looking, making the perfect cup of coffee or tea or beer or, make, or, or making your own schnapps or vodka, it's the same thing. It's alchemy, but it's external, but it's really happening internally so your body can see what's going on because when it's inside of us we can't really know yeah sure there are guys out there and that's their path they will sit there and meditate but they have to do visualization they have to I don't want to yeah let's use the word visualization because the other word is a real if I say fantasy it's a negative they have to see it within them and it's a hard thing to do but if you're doing it externally your eye your physical eyes can see what you're doing you can tangibly touch it and the same thing is happening inside why is that important it's important because if you have goals and if you can see your goals or read them your chances are 30 times greater of achieving them than if they're just in your head. If it's 30 times greater just by having, you want to be a basketball player, and so you have a poster of a basketball player on your, on your wall as your goal, you're 30 times more likely to achieve it than a dude who just daydreams and doesn't have anything on their wall. So just think about that 30 times greater. Another way to put it is you're cutting out 30 mindless steps that you do through meditation by doing something physical.
to get there. It's part of the process. And I'm speaking from experience, not from some master from who has transmitted, because that is very... The transmission from master to student is important, but too many students use that to be passive, to not do the work, because they're waiting for, you know, the mystical transmission. I mean, that stuff does happen. But no master is going to just give the information or transmute it to a student who hasn't done the work. Because a lot of times it is in the work that the realization comes. You have to put in the work. You have to find a way to do the work to get where you want to go. If you want to get to the top of the mountain, you have to climb the mountain. Transmission from master to student is like a dude taking the helicopter ride up the mountain. It doesn't count. You have to put in the work. It has to have meaning. That's the key thing to getting to the top of the mountain. It is important to do the, to climb the mountain. But to climb the mountain, it also has to have meaning for you. Because there's going to be times where you're on your own. I mean, look, look at the last two years. We had COVID. Look at how many people gave up their martial arts because they couldn't hang out with their mates. A lot of times, you're on your own. You're figuring this out on your own. And as a person like me who loves to read books, I tell you, I love books, okay? And But there's a limit. There's a point where what is in the books only goes so far because it it can only go so far as opposed to that person who wrote it their journey and I, and I'm fully aware as a person who's published books myself what I'm saying my books only go so far there's a whole other level even I'm trying to traverse and um get there at the what else can i say i'm trying to get there and the gaps between podcasts have been getting longer and longer as you notice because i just don't know what the fuck to say what to tell people except that i'm in the moment of trying to have the experience That's really it. So to round this all off, so you know I haven't gone too far off the beaten track. What is the difference between ritual Baguazhang and and having and the habit of Baguazhang? And it's all about the focus. If you're if you're more of an external martial artist and you want to learn Baguazhang, it's solely there. You you train to sit and forget. So your movements become one with with the form. So naturally, when you go out into a fight, you, you fight like a Baguazhang master. Now, having said that, if you go into a fight and you got to think about it, how you're going to act like a Baguazhang master, then you're not there yet. 
It has to be instantaneous. It, it just comes out of repeated practice. It's just something you do. You, know, you're just good at it. Other you may think you suck at it, but other people go, "Oh fuck, he's really good at it." You know, it's just something you do. For the ritual side of it, you give it meaning. You know, you you have a ceremony, and it's important because it's part of the journey you're on. And it's your journey to enlightenment. If that's the path you want to take. Now, for on a side note, for you guys who are trying to learn Bhagwazang just for fighting, um, I did write a podcast article about the kinds of illnesses you can get, and see that one of them I probably didn't mention, but I'll just keep it real simple: is that if you're learning Bhagwazang and then you go and learn Wing Chun and then you go and learn Karate and then you go, I'm trying to pick styles that are very similar, and then you go learn Singi, they all have their different theories. And the body, on one side, the body can get confused. The mind can get confused. Which style do I use? It's like having a lot of noise in the head. Too many different voices trying to fight like this, fight like that. And it's confusion. Now, to get around that, I have seen there are masters who get very, let, let's say, strategic with their training. They will learn Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for the grappling and wrestling. They will learn, say, I don't know, karate or boxing for the punching and kicking. And, and they will learn Muay Thai just for the kicking and knees. They will go, aha, I, there's a blind spot here in this style. I'll learn it from that style. And those people, they typically won't have a problem then with the habit forming because the mind knows that automatically when I kick, I kick like Muay Thai. When I punch, I punch like karate. When I, but if I get on the ground and I have to wrestle and grapple, it's straight away Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Not a problem. Or they improvise. It, it just gives them more tools in the bag to improvise. Ritual side of it, again, is the same. You know, you got to just, at some point, be clear about what path you're on, what you're trying to achieve, and just try to stick with it, because it takes a fucking long time to, to get good at anything. A fucking long time. It's never instant. Especially if you do it the proper way. It's never instant. 